Howdy there, folks, and welcome to The Random Men, where two experts in nothing talk about everything. To quote Tyler Durden from Fight Club, Advertising has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we hate so we can buy shit we don't need. Marketing is all around us. Almost every minute of every day, we're bombarded with buy one, get ones, close out sales, and pop-up ads. Everybody's selling something. The tricks and campaigns that they use can be very different, but nonetheless, very effective. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about. So grab that coupon book, because today, two random men discuss how it's the advertising that'll get you. So I'm walking through a store the other day, okay, as I usually do, and I saw something that just made me laugh. I've had, I have to show you the picture of this. Unfortunately, and the listeners can't see it. but They cannot see it. You can, but you can read what the picture is. TacHawk XL Tactical Lantern. <laughs> A tactical, tactical lantern. Tactical lantern. Okay. I know this is not a new trend. This has been around for probably close to a decade. But at what point did... And I'm not saying that lanterns are specifically marketed towards men. We all need light. Mm-hmm. Um I can understand a tactical knife. I can understand, hell, even a tactical backpack, maybe. At what point did they just start painting everything black, putting a window break on it, and calling it tactical? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the sheer number of items you can walk through a store and look at that say tactical on them (laughs) is laughable. (laughs) It's laughable. Everything. Tactical ball cap. You should do a thing like where you get as many tactical items as you possibly can and just load yourself down with it and just see what what it looks like it's insulting hmm i mean tactical everything tactical socks you can fucking find them i bet you could look up tactical <laughs> bubble gum tactical contact lenses it's out there i bet you there's a tactical fucking condom i bet you're probably right <laughs> i bet you you're probably right yeah yeah and you know of course it's all marketing ploys absolutely it's, it's all, you know they're trying to to you know get that one mindset of people brought in to whatever their item is i hate to say they're playing to the simpleton but come on somebody that needs a tactical why would you what first off <laughs> <laughs> why would you go in a situation thinking you know what i really need if you're not some tactical toilet in the paper military right toilet paper maybe maybe i could do it. Okay. why would you but need a tactical, tactical anything unless you're just preparing for the apocalypse yeah yeah and why why does it have to be the word tactical do, do you know what tactical is defined as Go for it. Of or relating to combat tactics such as occurring on the battlefront. Okay, so it, unless I'm on the battlefront. Which a lantern seems kind of counterintuitive to look at me. It's like, oh, this is glow-in-the-dark <laughs> tactical long johns. Like, fuck, no. That's come shoot me, long johns. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the dumbest thing. Somebody said. Like, every, everybody's laying in the trench. It's dark. It's cold. You know what, whatever. though? I it's bet- like, oh, buddy, I get my tactical lantern. And everybody just turns and looks at him and goes, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined it, Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> yes. But what's really sad about it is I bet it ups the sales of anything that they slap that word on. Mm-hmm. But sales gimmicks are nothing new. No. No, 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 no. I mean, probably since the invention of uh, the newspaper. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. I, I do. I understand. Um, I think there's a bunch of them out there that most of us, we know. We know what they're doing. We know how they're trying to pull us in. But we can't just be like, eh, well, you know what? Guess what? I... I really do need to go buy some Long Johns today, so I guess if I'm going to get some of them, I might as well get tactical ones. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> right? 
But I think there's a whole bunch of other ones that they do that we most people don't realize they're doing it. Such as? Um, I will start with uh, the Victor Groon. Uh, the Groon effect. What is the Groon effect? So Victor Groon is pretty much considered the father of the modern shopping mall. He was the first one that really took multiple stores, put them under one roof, in one building together to where it was easily accessible to all the different shops all at the same time. Well, when he set it up the way he did, it kind of made this almost maze-like place with all the different shops set up. Like created an awkward flow for it, but mm-hmm. a flow mm-hmm. Now, everybody inside loved it because it was one-stop shopping, basically. They had under one roof, so they never had to go from store to store. Uh, obviously, if there was no... You didn't have to worry about, you know, the, the weather or anything like that. If it was rain, shine, sleet, snow, anything like so that. So it's kind of like a first indoor marketplace, like uh-huh. you would think of a traditional outdoor market. Uh-huh. You just slapped a roof on it and, and said, I'm going to trap everybody in here to buy more shit. So then gradually it developed a little bit more, a little bit more over time. And they started keeping, you know, the temperature where it would stay at a good steady temperature year round, where the lighting would be set up just a certain way, make you feel comfortable. Yep. Probably uh, no you, secret keep you in there comfortable yeah, so you shop yeah. more. Yeah, so that was a big thing, to make it uh, comfortable, to make uh, it feel inviting, and to also make you kind of get lost in what you're doing. That's why even today, like, you go, you don't see a whole lot of, like, clocks. You don't see um, a whole lot of things that kind of make you think of outside or what is going on in the outside world. Like, it's, yeah. it's all-inclusive area. It's separating you're stuck, you. Yeah, you're stuck in the mall. Supermarkets still do this. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they use the Groon effect I'm, I'm sure there's some kind of planogram for the way they set that up but they still do that when doesn't it annoy you when you walk into a grocery store and they've moved your shit mm-hmm. this happens more often than you notice where they move i, don't know, I notice it a lot oh yeah anybody <laughs> anybody you talk to they're like they moved the fucking spam to another aisle this is not where it, or they'll put random shit with things that it doesn't go next to normally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's done to confuse you to keep you moving down more aisles. Yes. You notice people don't walk into a store generally and not grab a cart. Well, uh, okay. We got two two things on that real quick. Um, first is one of the oldest ploys for like a supermarket was to put the milk and the bread on opposite sides of the store. Mm-hmm. And you still notice that a lot of times that's how most of them do. Because they want you to go with those two staples that you're probably going to have to get every time you go to the store. You have to walk the entire store to get both of them. Bread's usually at the front. Mm-hmm. Milk and your cold items are at the back. Mm-hmm. Which, if you were trying to make it easy for people, you'd put everything cold at the front. Because if I just had to run in and get eggs or run in and get some milk, why am I traveling all the way to the back of the store to get it? I'll tell you why. <clears throat> Diapers as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so you have to walk through the whole mm-hmm. damn store. Mm-hmm. And that's when they started actually making shopping carts. You didn't have your little basket that you carried anymore, or you just went in there to grab one or two things. They made this shopping cart where you could hold all of your stuff, and it's so great because everything you need is going to go in this cart. You don't have to carry it around anymore. Well, guess what? You only went there for two items, but you have mm-hmm. this big cart now. It's like, oh, well, you know what? While I'm on my way all the way to the back of the store to go get my milk or eggs, hey, guess what? There's this bag of chips. Here's this, whatever, here's blah, 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 blah. It's impulse shopping. And the next thing you know, you've bought 10, 20 things that you didn't need. And they also, I say a couple of years ago, it might have been 20 or so, they increased the size of the shopping carts. And mm-hmm. do you ever notice how mm-hmm. you can't find the, the, you know, the small buggies, the little tiny buggies that are like half, yeah, a half buggy with a basket underneath? Mm-hmm. Those are pretty much They're extinct now. few and far between. 
But yes, they increased the size of the buggies and the volume was increased by 19% in what people were putting in their baskets because there was also a study done. Uh, people psychologically don't like an empty basket. Mm-hmm. It makes them feel like they're there for no reason. It makes them feel like... Why, it's, a, it's an I uncomfortable to, feeling. I need to put something in here. Like, I just need to fill this. It's empty this, volume. So, well, yeah. I came in here. I'm, I'm, I don't want to make two trips. And they play off of that. That's true. That's why they have, like, all the little, uh, the, the little kiosks or the little things of random deals that are every day. Yeah. Like, batteries. Okay? Every every time you go to the store, you always see the little display set up and usually buy the checkout. Yeah. It's called it's, impulse buy. Yeah, it, and it's like, oh, you know what? I might, do I need batteries? I don't know. But they're right here, so I'll just go and grab them. Because mm-hmm. eventually back, you will need batteries. That also goes back to the uh, the whole golden shelf thing. Golden which I think showers, most people, ooh. Ooh. What? I think most people are familiar with the whole golden shelf type thing where it's that shelf that's right there in the middle that everybody can see. It's at eye level. It's right at eye level. And that's where they put all the name brand and the most expensive things. Mm-hmm. They put all that stuff right there. And it's called the golden shelf. Now, they're hoping you don't look around it up or above. For Pro- generic, off-brand, or store-brand items, mm-hmm. which are usually on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Unless it's, you know, Walmart. Like, they're going to put their, their stuff there because they're trying to make more money off of it. But, you know, still, uh, for the most part, yeah, they're not going to put the cheaper stuff right there where you see it. You're going to have to go hunting for it. You're going to have to look for it. I'm punching whatever is flying around me right now. <laughs> it's not a bug. I don't know what it is. It's an angel. Uh, it's really interesting, too. How ad campaigns can influence people, even outside of stores. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about, you know, we were kids of the 90s. How big was Got Milk? True. Just that catchy... Everywhere. That catchy catchy phrase, yeah. Everywhere. Every billboard, mm-hmm. stickers are just stuck on the windows at stores. Mm-hmm. Where's the beef? And that came from... <laughs> where's the beef? That was a little before our time, but yeah, it's still... We know it. Yeah. It was before our time, and we know that slogan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the got milk thing all came from a woman in a focus group that said that the only time that she thought about milk was when she was out of it. Okay. And so the uh, there was an ad man named Jeff Goodby. He wrote that down, and his response was just, got milk? Took it to the people. They're like, we'll it slap worked. it everywhere. By God, it worked. It, it worked. was big for years. Mm-hmm. Still is around. Yeah. Not as big as it was in the 90s. You know, the whole cast of friends on billboards. got mil- The milk mustache on everybody. Mm-hmm. Every pro athlete. And it stuck in my head. 30 years later. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And just like you said, where's the beef? That was before our time. We know the slogan of where it came from. Or when they would do the things that they started trying to, I guess, get smart and they would put an ad slogan out there that doesn't even have anything to do. It's not telling you to buy the car, to buy the the milk. It's not telling you to do anything. It's just a non-ad. And then somewhere on it just has a little picture of whatever that one thing is. There's a name for that. It's called Gorilla Marketing. Yeah. And that's like when you'll see a billboard that has a Volkswagen hanging off of it, oddly. Or um, I think there was one that was a, a car that was in the middle of a store just hanging ominously above everybody. <laughs> yeah. Things like that. Just to make you think of it. Yeah. Just to, yeah, just shock imprinted into your skull. Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's an actual sales tactic called guerrilla marketing. And the theme behind that is like if everybody's wearing a black shirt, you walk in in a blue shirt, everybody notices you. True. It's that simple. So you put something that just doesn't belong there, that, that just, just looks so odd. out of place that it's eye-catching, and that will burn itself mm-hmm. into your memory. Okay, maybe maybe you didn't go in to buy this this item, but you go in there and they have a display. It's like, hey, you buy this 
$5 thing and you might win a new car. And it's like, <laughs> you're looking at it going, well, I don't really need the, but it's only five bucks. I can enter to win a car. Like, okay, <laughs> sure. Why not? Well, guess what? You just fell into it. Because how many hundreds of thousands of millions of people did that same thing for that same deal? And all they have to do is give, possibly give away a car. Isn't that how they get you a timeshares? Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's exactly like a timeshare. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, who cares if we have to give away a car? Like, they play off of that you like free shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to think how complex of an animal we are and how simple at the same time we are to figure out. Mm-hmm. What was that one uh, you, you said earlier before we started recording about the the guy complaining about the, uh, sir, we're not making enough money off the rotisserie chickens or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, I think that was Costco. <laughs> I might be misquoting myself here, but yeah, it was at Costco. We, we talked about that on one of the previous episodes where it was the, I think I did. Yeah, anyway. Maybe. I don't know. Well, maybe it was just a conversation you and I had. But yeah, that they sell the rotisserie chickens for below cost. And the, one of the people came to the owner or... Whoever was the decision maker at the time and said, hey, we're losing a lot of money on these chickens. We need to raise the price up. And the guy said, don't you touch the fucking chicken prices. That gets butts in the store. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Tell as old as time. Come in mm-hmm. here and buy a, a car. We'll give you a free this. We'll give you a free X. People dig free. Oh, yeah. Same thing you were talking about before with the... The BOGO. BOGOs. Buy, buy yep. one, get one. Buy one, get one. Like nine times out of ten, you're still paying the same price. Usually you the prices paid. are raised on that yeah. item. So you're still paying the same price you would have if you bought two of them individually, sometimes even more. But it seems like such a good idea when you see it, you're like, oh, man, you know what? I can get another for free. So you don't really think about it much. Now, sometimes it is legit. Sometimes they are just trying to push product to get it out because especially if it's, you know, something's going to perish. Just spreading a thing, name or just trying to get the, you know, the of brand a, of a product or, is worth the juice is worth the squeeze there. Yeah. So sometimes you you can actually get the deal. Like, yeah, I mean, sometimes that's legit, but. A lot of times, eh, you're still paying the same price at the end of the day. Or they're hoping you're going to buy something else while you're there. Worse than the BOGO is when it's like, buy one, get one 50% off. Because mm-hmm. then you're buying a second item that you didn't intend to buy. The ones when they start getting the math all screwed up with you, where it's like, well, if you buy this one, you get one of same or lesser value at this percent. But then if you buy a third one, then you can get, you know, X percent off of your entire purchase or whatever. And they start just playing a mind Which, game. It's like, nobody's going to sit there. Most people, I shouldn't say that. Most people aren't going <laughs> to sit there and really go through the math. Sometimes I do. I'll sit there and be like, no, 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 that doesn't work. Nope. Sometimes it is a good deal, though. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. It's not always. The trickery is not that you're being swindled it's that you're making a purchase that you didn't intend to make Mm -hmm. now yeah if you're somebody that uses a product like that a lot it makes sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or if you're actually you know in need of i usually don't do any of the bogos until i actually do need shoes and i'll go in there and i'll I'll try to be you know not completely naive to what's going on and i'll be like oh well this pair of tennis shoes is only or is you know three hundred dollars by another Pair for free. Well, well, duh. You know, like, I try not to do that, but I'm like, hey. Where are you finding free shoes at? But if I go somewhere and it's like, hey, they're like 60, <laughs> 60 bucks for a pair of tennis Wait, shoes. Wait, back up. And then. You say buy shoes, get shoes free. I've seen. You've never seen BOGO one, on shoes? I've never seen BOGO on shoes. Oh. Am I just. Maybe you I'm need to pay one. better attention. Hmm. Mm. Yes. Anyway, one of the other ones is when they start attaching. Hold on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow this bug off my microphone. <laughs> When they start attaching an animal or uh, inanimate object to it and like give it a name and start getting it in there, like Tony the Tiger, 
Oh, I was. Guess what? Then my then, mind went to them just tying an animal to a car. Oh, no, jeez, oh, <laughs> like, no. Probably can't get away with that nowadays. I don't, don't think so. You but, buy this Buick, get the ox. <laughs> fuck yes. <laughs> Free goat with purchase. I'll of... <laughs> take two enclaves today because I need oxen. <laughs> no, but I mean, think about it, Tony the Tiger. Everybody knows Tony the Tiger. The mascot. Yeah, so they put a mask on on something, so then you get to where you relate to it, you get somewhat attached to it. So guess what? A lot of times you're going to go buy that brand over another brand. That's how I am with Lucky the Lucky Charms uh, Leprechaun. Yeah, yeah. I always share a deep understanding of each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I kind of have to question all your years of Lucky Charms, but They're okay. after me, Lucky Charms. <laughs> what did you say? But yeah, so that's the... Nah, I fucking hate Lucky Charms. Really? Man, I can't... You don't do a lot of sugary stuff, though. No, and going, like, 90s cereal... Not, I say 90s shit, that was the 80s, too. I can't do the cereals, man. Mm. I don't know if it's just because that's... I ate so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that pause. I ate, I ate so much. I, I'm just thinking back to cereal every day, just rushing out the door. It's because you never got your ass up for school in time, I never got ever. enough, like... Mom made breakfast. I was just always in a hurry. So I was like, I'll just grab this box and no, run out the door while I'm eating it dry with no milk. I would be yelling at you saying, we got to get to school. And you'd wake up and mom would have the breakfast already done. But you'd be like, oh, no, I got five minutes to go. I think marshmallows are gross, too. Mm-hmm. Especially whatever those freeze-dried little marshmallows they put in <laughs> cereal are. I don't know. I like the marshmallows in my cereal. Then if you eat like basic four, though, and try to be healthy, you feel like a basic bitch. <laughs> I tried to convince myself for a long time that I liked it. I was like, this is good. No. No. <laughs> it tastes like cardboard. No. No. Unfortunately, no. most things that are good for you probably aren't. Aren't tasty. coming out of a box sealed in plastic. They they're not. You know, yeah. They're not tasty either. Yeah. Yeah. Them Jimmy Dean sausages. Anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> enough about breakfast foods. Uh, creating a sense of scarcity or urgency. Yep. That's a lot of one. Oh, we're out of going out of... We only got 10 Limited left. supply. Yeah, we only got 10 left on the shelves. You better hurry and get in here, you know. And then you go in there, you're like, well, I'm, I might need, need to buy two. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but. Turbo Man. If yeah, Turbo Man. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would be probably the. I don't know if that would be uh, scarcity or urgency. I don't know. Because urgency both. one's a little bit more of. It'd be both. It's, it's running out of time. You're not going to be able to find the yeah. sale again. Like, this is a one-time deal. So, you better buy it now. This is the. Hopefully the only time that this comes up during this episode where we're talking about consumerism and purchasing, uh, the toilet paper shortage, mm. same mm. thing with people mm. panic buying and mm. it was like, fucking stop. One person stop said that. that I need to stuck up on this and the next thing you know, it snowballed into this thing where nobody can find it. And now we're starting to see it again with people panicking going into mm. winter, mm. you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's an elephant never forgets. You got me once wiping my ass with a sock. That didn't really happen. I had TP. I was smart. People don't know you can get it at Home Depot. My father-in-law was like, go get it at Home Depot. Sure enough, I go to this aisle while everybody's running around like fools, and it's just this, it's all here. It was like finding a tomb. King Tut's (laughs) fucking treasure, man. I found the lost city of TP. I'm just skipping through there with my giant oversized (laughs) basket, filling it up with paper towels and, and batteries at the front desk. Yeah, at the checkout. Another one they do. I'm a simple monkey as well. Um, another one they do is a quantity and size reduction where they put out an item and it'll be out for months, years, whatever. 
and then you'll go in there and like we've rebranded it or we've changed the 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 wrapping paper on it or whatever like that and you get to look at it and it's like it's smaller now there's, there's less six doritos in the bag yeah like wait a minute and that way they can cut corners on cost but you're still already addicted to whatever the thing is and so boom there you go if you like cool ranch doritos you're not gonna stop you know you know what you're gonna buy two bags because you know you're getting shortchanged. yeah rather than just being like i got hell with doritos i gotta scratch my itch here and <laughs> so i guess i'm gonna have to get two bags so that way i can get all 10 chips yeah exactly i like watching those science fair projects of kids and where they take them and show how much air volume versus chip volume is mm-hmm. inside the bag and it's it's like 70 to 30 percent well, and that's when they hit you with the uh, the new and improved, <laughs> where they basically just slap a new sticker on the same product, and they say it's new and improved, and you're buying the same thing, and they probably hack up the price, you know, 10%. Remember when everything was extreme? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Extreme Doritos. Extreme, yeah, everything. These rollerblades are extreme. <laughs> extreme was on everything. Rollerblades. Rollerblades already pretty extreme. Wasn't when the green green ketchup came out, wasn't it labeled as extreme? <sighs> Probably. Something like that. Yeah. I never got into that. Yeah. On the reverse side of that is when they try to change. Well, I say reverse side. It's really kind of on the same token as that you're talking about. Was when they try to st- change a nostalgic brand and mm-hmm. it people do not like that. Oh, yeah. I like, mean, think about when New Coke dropped in like, I think that was 85. Yeah. And people... Liked, liked the taste, yeah. <laughs> but they didn't want to change. Don't. That's my Coke. Yeah, don't touch it. Don't. don't touch it. That is a classic staple of Americana. Yep. I either drink a Coke or a Diet Coke. Leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, that failed so miserably. Why would Pepsi turn around and try to do Crystal Pepsi? I don't A short five, six years later. I, I, I don't know. It was also a massive failure. Then they brought it back out a few years ago just for nostalgia. Almost the nostalgia of them fucking with your nostalgia 30 years. <laughs> and screwing it all up. In the past, yeah. In the process, like, yeah. 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 Um, when was it? I think it was in like 2010, I believe, that Gap tried to change their logo. Oh, yeah. You know, it was, we're sitting here, sitting here, sitting here. We're sitting here <laughs> waxing poetically about the 90s, you know. But uh, Gap was huge. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. can argue that in the 90s. Around 2010, they tried to re, re, not rebrand, but kind of a rebrand. They just tried to change the logo, mm-hmm. try to make it more hip and uh, coming into the digital age. And people hated it. Them changing Facebook to Meta? Is yeah. that what it's going to now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Saw that the other day. I mean, I kind of just hope Facebook dies. I don't use Facebook. I have a firm belief on there. Everybody's <laughs> bragging or time, bitching whatever. on Facebook. Yeah. So, call and it what you will. I don't like think I'm wrong. It has its, its good. <laughs> Where it can be used for good, but most yeah. of the time it's just it's used for evil. people bragging or bitching. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but yeah, there's been a couple of them over over the years that have tried to do it, where they've tried to change it, change their logo, change their look and appeal. Kind of like when a clothing company would use a picture of a dude standing there with no shirt, try to sell a shirt. It's like what? You know what? that brings up a really interesting one <laughs> that I um. Undeniably, one of the best comebacks in marketing ever has to be Old Spice. Yeah. Old Spice was, for many, many, many years, I'd say probably a couple decades, thought of as like your grandfather's flavor. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was on the verge of just going under. And in 2010, they got a hold of a marketing group that was uh, Wyden and Kennedy, 
who I will talk about one of them here in a little bit. Okay. And they asked them to help kind of rebrand the market. Okay. And they did some research, market research, and found out that 60% of the body wash that was marketed to men was being bought by women. Women purchased their husbands, boyfriends, Mm, their significant mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. They were the ones buying their body wash. Gotcha. Yeah, because most guys walk down the aisle and go, I don't know. I don't care. Like, it's just put it on the grocery list. Just buy me anything, right? Yep. Give me what you think smells good. So what they did was turn that on its head, and if you look at, like, the first ad that dropped, it opens up with, um, what was his name? I think it's Isaiah Mustafa, maybe? It's the real handsome guy that's the old Spice guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Standing there with no shirt, and he addresses the camera, hello, ladies. And they started the the marketing campaign of the man your man could smell like. And it was to give that push between the couples in arguing, like, no, buy me a man's body wash. Mm-hmm. Or the the wife or the girlfriend going, I'm going to buy you the a man's body wash. Look at this, this commercial. Mm-hmm. And, and what made them really leap forward, which this was a different time, 2010, was that they blew up on YouTube because the ads were funny. Mm-hmm. They're hilarious. Start making your ads. Instead of before, like you said, it would just be you know something randomly shows up someplace. Now we're actually making it comical. And so you laugh about it. You talk about it to somebody else. It sticks in your head. So guess what? The next time you're at the store and you're looking around and you see him like, hey, I remember the commercial for that one. It was funny. I liked it. That I'll was funny. try it. Yeah. Got a handsome guy. He's being hilarious. Reminds mm-hmm. me of my man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it saved Old Spice. Hmm. And Old Spice still, 11 years later... Still doing... Yeah. Running strong. Because mm-hmm. think about it, at the time they were competing with, like, Axe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which was thought of as... And I'm doing quotation figures again. Hip. Yeah, I forgot about Axe, actually. I love that scene in Endgame when he's like... <laughs> was it an Endgame? Yeah, when he's like, Tony, you smell like Axe body spray. And he goes, I keep a can in the desk. <laughs> for emergencies. I was like, that was the first time I thought about Axe since 2002. Well, it was good enough for Tony Stark. Good enough for a schmo like me. But yeah, it's undeniable what can be done. And I mean, that's that's got to be in the top 10 voted as biggest ad campaign turnarounds yeah. for a company. Yeah. It worked. It, give, Still going give, strong. Give those guys props, man. Uh it's kind of goes back to there's another one that's called custom customize images. And this is more like uh, what you would see emails, see on websites, stuff like that. But you go to say, say you're looking up uh, some soccer apparel. Okay. Like say uh, one of the kids need cleats for soccer. Right. Okay. So you go and you click in, you know, cheap soccer shoes or whatever. And it pops up this picture of say a mom putting on the kid's, cleats okay and it's like hey buy these adidas brand or whatever here it is and it shows a picture of it okay a lot of times they have that same picture that somebody goes in there and modifies later and it'll be the mom putting on tennis shoes for the kids or helping them put on a a pair of jeans or whatever the case may be they just take this one picture and they just modify it for whatever different ad campaign campaign they need whatever picture they need and they'll just post it like it'll pop up in an email pop up on a website Whatever. And they're just using the same image over and over again, just digitally changing oh. one or two little things here or there. You, you can notice that very easily now with pop-ups. I'm glad you said pop-ups um, mm-hmm. when you're looking at websites and such. And it'll be the same body photograph with the different shirts. And nothing has changed. It Nothing's the exact changed. Same. No, the, 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 the model's the still doing the same pose. They just changed the shirt that's on them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or the jeans that are on them. Mm-hmm. And what's that called again? Uh, just uh, customized imagery. 
That has to save so much money. Well, yeah, because they can bring the model or you two do models one or whatever, photo shoot, one photo send shoot. it to somebody, and boom. they can do digital editing mm-hmm. and they just mm-hmm. crank them mm-hmm. out for everybody instead of paying your models to come in time and time again and re. Not even all day. It's like hit a couple of good poses. We got it. We're yeah. good. Yeah. And like that's all you need me for. And that goes into one of the ones that I don't think a lot of people know. They may, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I know it. And that's flattering mirrors. Oh, I know all about flattering mirrors. These stores that have these mirrors in there that are created to make you look slimmer, to make certain aspects of your body look better than what they actually do. Because, <laughs> I mean, I've Kids, I've we gone... used to call those funhouse mirrors. Yeah, no shit. I like, yeah. I like the skinny one. <laughs> yeah. And so that's why a lot of times... Makes me look 6'2". Have you ever been to the store and bought you, say, you know, a nice jacket or like a fitting shirt or some pants, something like that, and you get home and you're like, these don't look like they did in the store. <laughs> look right. And I know uh, there's probably a lot of ladies out there that are like, yeah, no shit, mofo. That's because like, I don't have flattering mirrors in my house. Yeah, I have frumpy mirrors. Have... <laughs> you have the other part of the sideshow mirrors. Uh, yeah. The other... <laughs> Mine's bowed. Circus mirrors that, yeah, <laughs> oh, looks all goofy. Looks like, oh. I didn't know my legs were this fucking short. <laughs> Do I have short legs, babe? No. I feel like a hippo <laughs> in this picture, in this mirror. Oh, no. <laughs> Why didn't yeah. you tell me my legs are short compared to my torso? <laughs> I knew I fit weird. You lied to me. Yeah. Well, on that in that same vein, the false appearances when it comes to food. We've all seen that. Oh, I th- all, yeah, that's no secret with the, yeah. it's really cold. You see the commercial and it looks like this amazing thing that you're going to get. And then you go and order it and you get this like smushed together little burger or whatever mess. And you're like, it looks nothing what like What do they say picture. when you're looking at a commercial? If it's hot... If it looks hot, it's cold. If it looks cold, it's really hot. I think it's actually, if it looks hot, it's cold. If it looks cold, it's plastic. I think it's what it oh, is that the is. saying? Um, and I know, like, different things, like, they have different ones where they'll spray water on them. They'll uh, take a, a, a frozen patty sometimes. And Glue like, on the they'll, pickles. They'll paint it. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of different stuff to make, just to make it look good and enticing to you. And when you get it, it never looks the same. Ever squished up piece of horse shit. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, so yeah. That's movie magic. False appearances. Definitely a big one. Yeah. Movie magic. Some of the, some of the other magic that they use is uh just numbers, just straight numbers. Just making you get confused. With I don't numbers. understand math very well, so it's all magical to me. <laughs> I think I'll, I mean I hate to say this, but when you go to buy something this sounds silly, but Bear with me for a second. You're talking about 99? So when you go to buy something, especially if it's something you need or really want, you're not thinking 100% clearly. And if you've been walking (laughs) around like, say, a mall or something like that, you're also not thinking the clearest. So they use so many different pricing changes and options. Tricks and techniques. And and try to scoot. One of them, like you were just saying, about something that... The magical ninety nine. The magical ninety nine. Instead of three dollars, this is two ninety nine. So in your head, you immediately think of it's a deal, and you think, and you know that you're smarter than to fall for that ploy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. it works every time, or it wouldn't be done. If, if you, you saw, see four ninety nine on something, you don't think five dollars. Your mind thinks four dollars in the immediate snap decision of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm saving a dollar. Yay! Yep. Yes, that's exactly what you're thinking, but. It's not really the case. Well, sales tax case. It probably comes out closer to six. But. Yeah, I mean, you're not, yeah, but you're just not thinking, you know. Um, What's that one, called again? Price psychology. 
Probably psychology. Which I think all these next yeah, ones I'm about to hit really a quick. simple term for what it is. Are, are kind of fall in that same category, even though they actually have their own names, That makes too, me but. feel even dumber for falling for it, that it's got a simple name like pricing psychology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because somebody sat down People and don't like with, numbers. But, I mean, yeah. People Spokes sat them. and came up with all these different ploys to get people to to buy whatever they want them to buy. Um, another one that we've all fallen victim to is false price reductions. When they mm-hmm. show on there, and it's like, you know, the original price is marked out, and they have another price underneath it, and say, you're saving, say, 20 bucks yep. from what it is. And you're like, oh, man, that's pretty good. I'm saving 20 bucks. When in reality, that's just inflated. They took the, whatever it was and increased it by 10, 15, 20%, and then made that little slash through there and put the real price down on it. So it looks like it. And immediately your brain's like, I'm making a great decision here. I'm saving money. This is great. I should do this. You got to remember, they make the numbers. Yeah. They get to make it. Yeah. I could say it's reduced by 50%. It's like the when they bring in the professionals and it's like, nine out of doc- 10 doctors agree. And it's like, yeah, nine out of 10 doctors are on your payroll. Like nine out of 10 in your focus group that's paid for by yeah. Pfizer. Why, why am I letting this commercial tell me <laughs> a medical the decision dentists. or something like that? Yeah, Fucking like- dentists. <laughs> yeah. Why am I letting them... Tell me what it's true or not. Like, Wait, if 9 out of 10 dentists prefer Crest and 9 out of 10 dentists prefer Colgate, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. We got fractions of dentists just falling all over the place. <laughs> the poor dentists. The poor dentists don't know their heads from their tails. Um, Overpricing. And I know when you when I say oh. overpricing, I know what, you, what you're thinking. You're like, well, dude, everything's overpriced. But no, there's actually a tactic that they use. The world we live in. Where you walk up to the store and like what you see in, say, the display case at the very front, or as soon as you open the door, the first things you're going to see tend to be things that are like way overly priced. Like they're super, super expensive, way more than what you'd possibly spend on whatever items you're going to look for. Okay. And think of this in more like in apparel and things like that. Electronics, that kind of thing. Then as you go through the store, you start seeing more and more things that are cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And so in your brain, you're thinking, oh, well, dude, instead of buying, say, that jacket up front that was $300, now I'm looking at this one right here, and it's only like 80 bucks. Ooh. Like, oh, I can, I can afford that. Like, yeah, that's a lot better. When that $80 jacket is still marked up, it's still overpriced. But your brain feels like you're making a better decision because you're not looking at this one that was so overpriced, way up there. Now you're looking at something that's like, oh, that's affordable. I can do that. And that's when you're at the back of the store. Everything's gone gray. You may be a little bit tired. You're trapped in the depression zone in their little maze. <laughs> You're ready to be done. And you find an $80 jacket and you think, this will cheer me up. Yeah, that's true too. Well, that's why, yeah, j- just speaking to that point, that's why they put all the bright and colorful shit, especially at grocery, in the front. And the further back you get, it gets colder, it gets grayer. <laughs> More depressing. I have this theory that all... <laughs> I was going to say, God damn, we talk about Walmart a lot on here. I have this theory that all Walmarts are built on burial grounds. Because mm. if you just watch people's faces and the life drain from them as they walk through mm-hmm. the door, mm-hmm. and they just become these somber shop zombies. zombies. Yeah, zombies just wandering around. You don't like, want to talk mm-hmm. to anybody, or you find the people that want to talk to everybody, and yeah. you try to avoid them. Sorry, people listening. <laughs> I might not even really be on my phone. If I'm doing a lot of, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll get that right now. We need eggs right now. Bye. Oh, hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. Not a jet. Yep, yep, yep. I don't think I'm alone in that. Am I giving away secrets? I don't think so, because I've done it plenty of times where someone, 
is walking by me and might want to stop and talk. And they're like, hey, what's going on? I'm just grocery shopping and turn the cart away and be like, I go. You see their eyes light up like a raccoon mm-hmm. in headlights at the end of the aisle. And they're like, I know you. And you're like, yeah, yeah. I think I've actually said on one of the other episodes. Do I look like I'm wanting to engage right now? That I've been in a store and hidden in the clothing rack to get away from people. As an adult? As an adult. As an adult. I've well, totally done it. Totally uh, done it. I'm not even ashamed <laughs> to go like... And I if you're listening, like, oh. yes, you're that person. No. Keith had no time for you that gotta, day and your bullshit. Get, gotta get out. The mundane uh, <laughs> exchanges. How's work going? Good. How about you? Good. How's the kids? <laughs> Good. Good. So, how's your mom and him? Yeah. Exactly. Why? Why even stop? Just give me the wave. Fucking pat me on the ass. I don't care. Hey, Kenny, good job. <laughs> just let me go. Just, yeah, just let just, me go. Just keep the flow going. I don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. Let's not keep each other here. Just a wave, a nod. Or do you do the nod and keep walking, and then they follow you and start talking? I have run into that, too. <laughs> when you go in somewhere, like, really embarrassing, like going to, like, the personal lube section. Some people don't get that hint, either. Well, you know what? Sometimes you got to... When you th- make it awkward for them and just look over and say, banana? <sighs> Sometimes you got to throw the gambit. My win, you might lose. Or whipping cream. <laughs> <laughs> you just threw a Hail Mary. <laughs> yeah, like, hey. Going either, into the adult diaper section. Either that or dive into the clothing rack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> well, where do we go from there? Uh, this just took a turn. Decoy pricing. Decoy pricing. And this, I know. Wait, how is that any different than the fake uh, markups? So, I have fallen into this one many times. Many times and, and never realized it. And, you know, hey, I'm sure there's some people out there that are listening there going like, oh, dude, I never thought about that. No one's immune to it. Or other people listening like, dude, you're an idiot. Like, of course. Like, so, I mean. No. Here's I, a, nobody's going to say you're an idiot because everybody does it. Yeah. So, decoy pricing is, let's say, hypothetically, somebody puts out a bottle of wine. Okay. And Kay. they put $10 on it. Okay. Okay. I'm following. And then someone puts another bottle of wine right next to it and puts $30 on it. In your mind, you're like, well, I don't think I really want to spend $30 on a bottle of wine, especially if I don't know what it is. Never These tried it. the same. Um, Red's a red. So, ah, don't say that. No, it's not. I don't know. I'm not going to get too, okay. I'm talking get... from the point of a simple layman. <laughs> okay, I won't get too poetic on my wine. I know yeah. you've got your wine thing. That's why I said it. It's just to watch you go, hey, mom, nuh <laughs> Anyway, so they put these two bottles, and you got a $10 <laughs> one and a $30 one, okay? Now, in your mind, you're probably going to be like, you know what? I'll just take the $10 one. You know, okay. Can we pretend they're both pink Moscatos? Sure. Okay. Now, what they'll do is they'll put a third bottle of wine next to it and mark it as $50. So now, in your brain... Well, I don't want to go with the cheapest. I don't want to do the I don't want to be a cheapskate. But I also don't want to spend $50 on a bottle of wine right now. So You You know know what? what? Middle of the road. Mm -hmm. That's where I live. Mm -hmm. This must be just good enough for a guy like me. And if you really, really watch... With a lot of marketing and a lot of stuff when you go to stores, there's three types of everything there. There's the cheap, the middle, and the expensive. Notice that next time you're at the store, you go, whoa, shit, there really, really is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And that's what they're doing is they're not really expecting you to buy the expensive one. They're just expecting you to not buy the cheap one. It's all becoming clear now. Mm-hmm. I think I mm-hmm. understand. My eyes are open. We understand. We see it, but it's still probably not going to change. still see it. I'm still going to do it because, yeah, yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm going $30. <laughs> Still, I can't really say that, dude, because I'll go like I will I'll venture out if it's shit I don't need. And this is the impulse buying thing. And maybe I didn't go in for that. 
I'm not a big wine drinker. I know you drink the wines and you like your wines. And uh, one day we can have a wine episode and you can enlighten me on some things. But say it is something like that. You say that as I sit here and drink my whiskey. I've been opening beers the whole time. When I go entry level on anything, I usually tend to go for the cheaper side because I don't know if I'm going to like this at all. Yeah. yeah. And I'll work my way up. But think about this whole idea. That's how I got into in scotch. There. And I know people will go, oh, God, don't drink cheap scotch. I'm not talking cheap fucking scotch. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. I have a firm believer that that's one of those. I'm sorry, a vodka. Oh, God, the vodka snobs are going to get like fucking the wine people and the vodka people are going to come for me now. But <laughs> but that's not your I'm sorry. Drink. From so, my yeah. perspective, a vodka is pretty much a fucking vodka. Mm. Yeah, now, own, there's whatever. cheap grain, like, eh, mm. you know what I mean? Like, you're mixing it. But so you also don't sip on vodka or make certain drinks. If no, you no, do like it. if I'm going to make a martini or something, yeah, you want to go a little higher end. But I'm saying, like, if you were to show somebody vodka for the first time and they had never had it before. Yeah. Yeah, now, yeah you're probably not reaching for the bottom shelf. You'd say, here's an entry level. This is to kind of give you... Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the cheapest An understanding there. of what this is. And like, if you absolutely hate... I mean, look how many times you can show people like a good craft beer mm-hmm. that's very good. And they'll go, ah, because they don't understand what it's about. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that I, I started you off way too, way too high end, even though it might be a middle of the road price product. They don't like that style. I did that the first time I did gin. Uh, I bought... Uh, probably a middle of the road, maybe not high end by any means, but you know, probably middle of the road gin. And I absolutely hate it. I think I ended up giving it to you, as a matter of fact, because I was like, oh, no, I can't do it. Yeah, we'll throw it down the trash can. But anyway, yes. So that is the whole uh, decoy pricing that they do. I'm kind of into the decoy pricing now. I want to. I want to. I want to search it out. I want to find it. I want to look at it. And go, I'm times, in the know. Yeah. Pay attention to how many times you see three different of the same type of thing. And you got one that's like that's cheap, one's middle, and one's more expensive. And you'll you'll notice a lot more. Do you remember when Cameron's looking at that painting and Ferris Bueller, and it just keeps cutting back to him and back to the painting and back to him and back to the painting? That's gonna be <laughs> yeah. me standing there with the three products going. Mm-hmm. I got your number. I know exactly what you're trying to do to me. Now, what I always worry about is because sometimes I do some stupid impulse buying, and if I do go for the high end one, am I gonna get it? It's be shit. I'm just gonna be mad. A lot of times you get some stuff home and you realize it's just as good as the generic brand. Lewis Tully. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's why I only buy a generic brand aspirin. (laughs) One of the ones that pisses me off when I see when it's a marketing strategy is when they do the whole thing of them doing you a favor. Mm Mm-hmm. Let us help you. Or like say say you're somewhere and they give you, uh, like, I, I like free stuff. Okay, so I like free samples of stuff, but then when they like push it really hard for you to get it or say you have my respect because you do go to (laughs) I shouldn't give out the secrets here, but you have gone to timeshare shit where you're like, I'm dead set in here. Go wait in the car. I'm coming out with our free shit. It's a solid. No, you're chasing you out the door and you're like, I said no. Yeah, I I can honestly say that I went to one of the timeshares. Actually, it wasn't really it was timeshare, but it wasn't what most people it was more about buying property and, and timeshare with anyway i went in because they promised us uh it was like a free uh tablet free round of golf like a prepaid card um free night stay somewhere a bunch, of anyway, a, bunch, a, bunch, a bunch of goodie bag right 
So sounds like a pretty sweet goodie bag. Well, it was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. But, but then we went in there, life. and we spent an entire day going and looking at all these different properties. And we get done. And we walk in, and the guy's like, "All right, so which which lot are you gonna buy?" And we're like, eh, "We're not buying anything." He's like, "Oh no, 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 come on!" And like, "You're a good salesman, man." He was really pushing it and doing all stuff. He's like, "Man, don't let this deal pass you by," you know, all that kind of thing. Well, we're sitting there for a minute, and Liz was like. I don't feel comfortable in the situation. She's like, I don't like this. She was like, they're going to make me buy yeah, the, pro- what the plot of land. Because of course they were looking at her and they were like, oh, come on, you know, think of all the things you can do. And come look like, at this Vista. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I said, well, if you don't want to mess with it, I said, why don't you just go sit in the car if you trust me to take care of it? And she was like, oh yeah, she goes, I trust you to take care of it. She was like, please don't like, please don't buy anything. I was like, it's cool. I got this. I got this. You know? So guy comes back in there. He's like, oh, so what, which one did y'all decide? I was like, ah, no, we're going to pass, man. And he was like, oh, really? So back and forth for a little bit. He goes, well, I'll be back in a minute. So he brings in another dude. And this is his his boss, the regional sales guy or whatever. And he sits there and gives me his whole load they of all this crap. They brought in the big guns. Yeah. Did all this stuff, whatever. And I kept saying, no, nope, I'm good. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm done. Where's my shit? Well, uh, where he asked me, he goes, so where's your wife? I said, well, I said, she, she left. She had... Uh, Something she need to take care of. Whatever. Like, oh, okay. Well, uh, well, if you don't mind, uh, just sit here just for a minute. Uh, we'll go looking again. Your stuff together. Okay, cool. So a few minutes later, in walks this woman, and she's probably six foot, platinum blonde, very, very, very attractive in a dress that is not made to be worn in an office. <laughs> they tried to honeypot you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's why, like I said, his last question was, "Where's your wife?" And so she <laughs> Where's walks your in. Wife? And she was like, hi, I'm the vice president, whatever. I was like, in that cocktail dress? I'm sure. Yeah, okay. Do you think they were watching you behind two-way glass? Like, we got him now. Maybe. And so she comes in, and so she's, you know, saying, like I said, she's talking to me, not business-like at all. Like, you know, sweetie, baby, honey, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, sweet nothing's into your ear? There's no way. Like, like nope, now I'm angry. Nope, 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 nope. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. My resolve will not fail. <laughs> I am here. Now you're just and insulting so I finally me. finally turn to her, and I say something along the lines of, look. I'm not buying anything today. I'm done. If you'll please give me my stuff, then you can go on and sell something to somebody else that might actually fall for this or do whatever. I'm not. And no joke, she looked at me, said, okay. And she pulled out, she opened the desk and pulled out all the stuff and set it in front of me. So here's my, my Visa card and my voucher for golf and my tablet, like all this different crap piled up. And like I walk out to the car, like literally have everything in both hands. Now come and get it. it. And I walk up to the car and Liz looks up and she goes, what did you do? And I was like, nothing. Nothing. She goes, you didn't buy anything. I was I like, said, nope. Give me my stuff. I was like, nope. I just got it and went. She was like, oh my god, I love you so much. So yeah, that was that was my one experience. <laughs> the timeshare. <laughs> you did uh, it. I guess I beat the timeshare. I feel like I would have got out <laughs> the same way, but I get <laughs> I get in trouble for being too nice. Melanie's always like, you're just too nice. You talk mm-hmm. for too long to the, the people mm-hmm. when you should just be firm and say no. And I'm like, ah. Yeah. Maybe I just, I gab too much. Yeah. I was able to lock it in and be like, nope, not happening. Nope. So just say no. Just say no to them and send but, them away. He said when they brought in the, the boss's boss and I was like, mm, I doubt this seriously. Like, yeah. Then, like I said, then they honeypot you and you're like, oh, wait. Wait a minute. I kind of wanted to go open one of the other doors around there and be like, is there some like six foot four rocked up dude that they were waiting to bring in in case I left and Liz was in there? (laughs) (laughs) Trying to honeypot her. I don't know. 
You know, probably. I bet. I bet there was. Uh, yeah. Some very Rico if Suave. They, if they're going to go to that, <laughs> that means. Yeah. They absolutely will. So, yep, yep. I, I beat the, the timeshare on that one. What about when you see marketing that's so outlandish with a product that you step back and go, that is some total horse shit. Oh, like some of like the uh, midday commercials or late night commercials, like infomercials, uh-huh. where it's like, I'm where pretty you, sure that's not Where you see like works. a vacuum cleaner and they're showing you that it can suck up marbles and Legos and G.I. Joes and all this shit. And you're like, yeah, that would last twice. Yeah. Maybe twice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my truck can run on oil instead of gas for <laughs> about two miles before it explodes. Yeah. Yeah. It can okay. work. It can work on chicken grease for a minute. Sure. For your 30 second <laughs> yeah. spot. The Flex Seal commercial where they make the boat out of screen doors and then flex seal it and then you see it hauling ass across the water it's like that thing probably sank three seconds after they hit cut oh yeah or they were going just fast enough that it was just staying on top of the water yeah it's like that was all engine that was not flex seal no 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 or the trash bag commercials where you see them picking up ridiculous shit oh yeah i think i actually saw one one time where they put an anvil in the trash bag and then picked it up i was like no Anybody that's ever worked a real-life trash bag knows that's not true. Or they shove it full of broken glass, and they're showing how far the flex will will stay in before the glass cuts through it or something like that? No. No. I bring... You see how many trash bags I have sitting outside that just are leaking everywhere with nothing in them but bottles. I have bought some very high-end trash bags before and torn them to shreds. And been like, well, that didn't work. Doesn't work. No. But, got a thing. Talking about trash bags, I'm going to go ahead and segue it. Okay. You want to do a segue into the thing? Let's do it. All right. Here's time for Search Engine Results. Ladies and gentlemen, every week me and Keith like to play a little game we call Search Engine Results. I ask the all-powerful internet a question. Then give Keith, what do I usually give you? Three? Three answers. Three I have to choose the... which one is correct yes. via the internet. Via what the internet says. The never, ever going to lie to you internet. Nope. Nope. Like a safe, warm blanket, just telling you <laughs> full of truth. <laughs> All right. Sure. Here's your question. Okay. Are you all ears? Yep. All right, man. It's an everyday item. It's in your house. Take it for granted. Walk past it every day. Without this in your life, it would be total shit. Your question. When were trash bags invented? Oh. Okay. A. 1922. B. 1937 or C, 1950. Hmm. With a zero, 1950. Okay. When was the mighty, strong, powerful, keep your house cleaner, make your life easier, trash bag invented? 1922. I'm trying to think back. Oh. 1937 or 1950. I'm trying to go back in my head and like think about like old movies and, and TV shows. And usually they just throw everything into the metal bin. Mm-hmm. That's what they did before trash bags were invented. Yeah. Everything was collected in metal receptacles that were usually provided by the city. Yeah. Think about how stinky that got in a house. Mm-hmm. You had to wash mm-hmm. out your trash cans, which I guess you should do as a good practice. Anyway, but... At least now we have, a, you know, a, a liner to go into it. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to think of... Man. And for the bathrooms... You got mm-hmm. grocery bags. If you're not bougie. <laughs> yeah, that's what I and you're normal working yeah. folk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> repurpose that shit, man. <laughs> that's my whole goal in life one day is to be like, I want to buy the actual trash bags made 
with the tiny trash cans. <laughs> Gotta have gold. I'll know man. I've made it. <laughs> I'll know I've made it. I wouldn't even know where to look for them. I just walk into the first person, first person I see in the aisle, and be like, "Excuse me, ma'am, where are the tiny little trash bags that are made specifically for the bathroom? for bathrooms <laughs> and dentist office?" I'm glad you have gold, buddy. <laughs> um, I'm glad. What do you uh, use? Oh yeah, Walmart bags. Yeah, Walmart yeah. <laughs> bags. Totally. Yeah. Have you seen how thin and janky they've gotten recently? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they've gotten even thinner. I went in the other day. I put a bottle of juice in one. Picked it up off of the register and it fell through it. And I was like, oh, I have no faith anymore mm. in anything. But anyway, <laughs> back to talking about trash Maybe bags. you should go to paper. Oh, God. They will never, ever do that <laughs> again. So, okay. so when, when when was trash bags invented? 1922. Kind of just let it, let it flow. Relax. 1937 or 1950. We talked earlier about... Uh... Doing the stuff, the middle of the road things. So I think I'll go middle of the road, 1937. Solid answer, but incorrect. Ah. Trash bags were not invented until 1950. Really? Yep. Before hmm. that, it was all cans. Wow. It was all just shit in a can. Hmm. Yeah, okay. And the traditional black trash bag that we're all accustomed to having in our house, in our trash cans, whether they be in your garage, in a cupboard, underneath the sink, wherever you keep them. They were created by our neighbors to the north, the Canadians, mm. by Thanks. two men named Harry Wasselink and Larry Hansen. Okay. Thanks, Canada. And some really funny named guests. For keep it. <laughs> Harry and Larry? <laughs> Watch your mouth, man. They they have no, deserve the Nobel Prize for what they did to keep our houses <laughs> more clean true. and sanitary. This is true. And uh, <laughs> on the topic of sanitary, that they were first created uh, for commercial use. Okay. And their first buyer was the Winnipeg General Hospital. Oh. So think about that. Before that, all the medical waste the, was just all the medical waste oh. was just put in bins. So they mm. created these trash bags so that all of it could be collected and safely carted out, thrown away. Didn't take long at all. That caught on for just household use. Yeah. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, you need to thank Harry and Larry, two fine stand up Canadians. Yeah. Thanks, creating guys. something that we use every day and you overlook and you take for granted. Thanks, guys, for helping us out. What are their names, that. Keith? Harry and Larry. Harry and Larry. Hey, and I hope they made lots of money off of it. That I do not know. <laughs> that, was, that would be some deeper research. Well, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was just passing, you know, my oh. mind wanders. Mm. I'm standing in the kitchen one day and I'm throwing away meat trimming, something like that. And I'm throwing it. I was like, how shitty would it be if I didn't have a trash bag in here? Oh, yeah. Gross. Ew. That got me to thinking about that, and it gave me a good search engine result topic. Yeah, and I think that was only 70 years ago. So, mm. wow. 1950. Hmm. Well, alrighty. Well, uh, you got anything else as far as this uh, whole... What? I wanted to kind of talk about <laughs> some good marketing, genius marketing, marketing that's stood the test of time for the past couple of decades. Um, first one, you've got to mention the most interesting man in the world. Oh, Dos yeah. Heck For just yeah. being a cultural pop phenomenon, mm-hmm. how that took off. I mean, you can't go anywhere and say, stay thirsty, my friends, and then not yeah. somebody not immediately know what you're talking about. Or when somebody, you're, I know you've been out and about uh, with people, friends, whatever, and somebody says something really cool, interesting, you're like, oh, well, you must be the most interesting man in the most world. And like, everybody knows what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Again, created by an ad agency. 
group of madmen. Yeah, well, that one worked. And it was created specifically to juxtapose your normal commercials, which were 20-somethings on a beach or 20-somethings camping or 20-somethings doing this. Yeah. They wanted to give something for, um, again, research was done. Mm-hmm. And young bar-going men said that their number one fear of perception was being boring. Okay. So they took that information, turned around, and made a spokesperson that people could aspire to be. Mm. Now, you're never going to reach that. No, never. Because <laughs> he did outlandish shit. But yeah, so they turned that on its head, and instead of being a bunch of young, sexy people playing volleyball, it was this man telling stories about all the great things he did. Mm-hmm. And made it very classy. And yeah, kind of subverted expectations, and it worked like a charm for over yeah. a decade. Oh, yeah. They used to throw, um, Dos Equis had a masquerade, I think it was a Cinco de Mayo ball that I always wanted to go to. Never got a chance to, but it always looked like fun. I bet there was a lot of most interesting men in the world. Oh, I bet up. you yeah. shit got oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was probably a lot of most interesting man stuff. He would attend it. The actor would. Yeah. And so, kind of sad I missed out on that boat, but mm. I guess there are other fun things in this world I could do than go to a... Cinco de Mayo party. <laughs> hey, but that marketing worked like a charm. Arguably, probably the one, and this is just my opinion, that would be the most impactful culturally around the world would be just do it from Nike. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't the, know. You know, the Nike swoosh predated that for mm-hmm. a long time, but the slogan, just do it. Which wasn't created until 1988. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep, the ad executive was uh, Don Wyden. And at the time, Nike was struggling and falling far behind Reebok, actually, which was known for sports, athletic wear. Mm-hmm. Before leggings were the norm. <laughs> okay. Active wear. Yeah, Reebok was the market share leader in athletic wear. And yeah. Nike was trying to find something to do. And so the, they go to Don, Mr. Don. Hi, Don. And they're asking about things. And he, uh, oddly enough, remembered a story about a guy that was from his hometown that was uh, executed at Utah State in 1977. So okay. almost 10 years prior to this, right? And while he was on death row, right about right before he was to be executed, his, they asked him if he had any last words. And he just said, let's do it. And that stuck in his head as such a ultimate statement of intention. Okay. That when Nike came to him and said, we just need a slogan for something to put on our products that is just punchy. Pretty much walked into the boardroom and said, just do it. Nike, just do it. And they hated it. They thought it was too simple. They thought, mm-hmm. like, this doesn't work. What do you mean, just do it? Just do what? Just do what? Yeah. Yeah. And he ended up having to go talk to the co-founder, Phil Knight, and convince him, just just run with it. Just go with it for a little bit. Next thing you know, it's getting slapped onto the Air Jordan ads. Mm-hmm. Remember 1988? Mm-hmm. It's getting slapped mm-hmm. onto the Air mm-hmm. Jordan ads. And within 10 years, their sales increased 1,000%. They went from making $800 million a year to $9 billion a year. Now, not saying... That's all because of the Just Do It slogan, because, of course, there was a little basketball player, young, up-and-coming at the time, named Michael fucking Jordan. Mm-hmm. He had a, yeah, he had that. But a it was kind of yeah. the right place, the right time, 
everything came together. It was a perfect storm. And the slogan to this day still can just pop up on a screen, even if they had nothing around it, not the swoosh, yeah. nothing. Yeah. But just said, just do it. You know exactly what that is. It's like the Golden Arches. It's mm-hmm. as iconic as the Golden Arches. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And so sometimes... You did good, Don. You did good. The same thing <laughs> happened to... There was a woman named Mary Frances Garrity. In 1947, they created the slogan, A Diamond is Forever, for De Beers. Oh, okay. Now, very important, I said that. 1947, mm-hmm. a woman working at an ad agency. Mm. Kind of what was thought of as a man's world at the time, mm, yeah. sadly. But it was, it was kind of this... Um, they put her in charge, of course, of handling the female products. Oh, come up with yeah. ad slogans for the female products. Mm-hmm. And one night, she was at home, tired, just trying to come up with something. And she just, out of nowhere, pulled it out of the ether in her head. Well, a diamond is forever. And it completely changed the sales of diamonds. Because this is right after World War II. Diamonds were not a luxury people could afford. Yeah, could afford a lot of anything. No. At the time, again... This is the place and time in history, but most often engagement presents were things like washing machines, mm-hmm. things that were, I don't know, more practical, more practical than a diamond. Yeah. The a diamond is forever changed slogan whole... started being plastered everywhere and completely changed the outlook on diamonds. Hmm. And it's still relevant 70 years later 75 yeah, years still, later again you, you say that and everybody knows exactly what you're talking about like yeah they, you can say yeah. a diamond is forever yeah. now you might not think exactly of De Beers but, but diamonds still. it makes you think diamonds mm-hmm. hmm. shit James Bond <laughs> yeah. diamonds are forever yeah and I only say still. that because hmm. she when she proposed that to them they also shot it down of course so that's just two of some of the greatest greatest slogans with the biggest legs and longevity in history and both were shot in ad down. campaigns that were both shut down because they didn't understand the simplicity of mm. them. Well, maybe that's why you hired somebody else, uh, put somebody in charge of coming up with the idea. Cause exactly. you didn't have <laughs> That's why you got ad admin and women ad people. handled ad people's <laughs> handle this kind of shit. Anyway, bro. Well, this was a, a different episode, but I, I liked a it. Bit different. Uh, I liked it. Yeah. I hope we made some people actually think about some stuff next time they go shopping. I think a lot of people will identify with this. Mm-hmm. I always knew that, but I'm glad they said it. Yeah. Yeah. If nothing else, uh, it, it might not change things, but <laughs> definitely people go, yeah, yeah, I've fallen into it too. You're not uh, always being taken advantage of. Eh, not always. But there's but... always a twist. There's always an angle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Try an experiment. Go into a store and don't grab a buggy next time. Yeah. See what we'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've been standing in line and go, well, I just ran in for this one thing. We've all been there. For it's sure. more often than not. Anyway. With that, we want to thank all of y'all out there in listener land for coming back around to the random men. Until next time, I'm Kenny. I'm Keith. And diamonds are forever.